Well, good morning again, church family. Look, I am enjoying being in this series. I hope you are too. And I think there may be one other message uh, that's coming, but we're in the middle of prayers that reach heaven. And boy, don't we, don't we need to know more about prayer. Prayer is one of those things that we can be taught about it for, for many, many years, and then we just forget about its importance. Well, I believe God is stirring our hearts again to put prayer uh, back into our daily lives so he can work in our life. God works through prayers. So God wants to hear our prayers, and when we pray the right way, he responds. And our key text has been, and this is a great one to get into your spirits, uh, from 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. That is confidence. That kind of confidence will get you praying big, powerful prayers, those dynamite prayers that I talked about last week. So the title today uh, for this message, it may not make sense to you, but it will in just a little bit. Uh, the title is The Prayer of Pain. The Prayer of Pain. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives, even during a dark time that, like this the world is experiencing. Lord, your light is shining bright. It's shining on us and through us. God, I just see your blessings flowing even during this time. And Lord, you want to reveal yourself to us in new ways. And I pray you would do that. And church, let's pray it together. Lord, speak to my heart. Lord, change my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, before we look at prayer, that prayer for today, I want us to take just a moment to be reminded of maybe, uh, for some of us, uh, some, some perspectives about prayer. Because we can have the wrong perspective about prayer. We can, have, we can go to prayer and be uh, even defeated before we pray. And, or we can pray prayers that are really not that powerful. Uh, they are what I would just call maintenance prayers. Uh, some of the wrong perspectives that we have about prayer, going to God is, first of all, that, that God is mad at us, that he hasn't forgiven us, so he knows all that we've done. So uh, we may hesitate when we go to him, and, and we may spend all of our time in prayer begging for him to forgive us. When he does, if you just ask for him in faith and, and show that fruit of repentance, he forgives you. And you can move on from there. And, and, but maybe for some of us, we don't think we're good enough. That we may be, maybe we believe that God will forgive us, but we just have a hard time forgiving ourselves and, and believing that God can work in our lives like he does other people. So uh, maybe that is a hang-up for you, a wrong perspective for you. Or maybe it's just simply that God is too busy to listen to me. I'm not that important. And all of those are wrong. Those are wrong perspectives that you can have. So let me give you some right ones, okay? So if you're taking notes, perspectives that you need to have when you go into prayer, when you, you need to think about these things before you ever start praying, the first one is this. God wants to hear from you. 
Now that is a big one, and, and it is hard for us to understand, but just because it's hard for us to understand doesn't mean it's not true. You have to understand, God does want to hear from you. The, the creator of all the universe is interested in you, and he wants you to speak to him and to have a relationship and communicate with him. You know, it's really easy to recognize when you're talking to someone that's really not that interested in you. I remember one time meeting a pretty famous preacher, and we had something in common. So as I said hey to him and shook his hand, I, I mentioned that thing that we had in common. And uh, it was a room full of people, and he, he just got there, so he was meeting people. But uh, when I mentioned that to him, he didn't really stop to talk to me at all. He said something more like, oh, that's nice. and kept walking and to, to talk to someone else. But God is not like that. When you talk to him, his focus is on you because he loves you. He wants to hear from you. Isn't that amazing about our God? That he, want, he is interested in our life and he wants that time with you. So you have to know that God wants to hear from you. Uh, I heard a story one time and, and I uh, want to give it to you and it really sums up that point said a man's daughter asked the local minister to come to her house to pray for her father who was sick. And when he arrived, he found the man lying in bed with his head propped up on some pillows, but he had an empty chair sitting beside his bed. And the minister assumed that the old fellow had been informed that he was coming for a visit. And he said, I guess you were expecting me. And he said, no, who are you? And, um, the minister said, I'm the new pastor at the church, and when I saw the empty chair, I figured that uh, you knew that I was going to come by and visit you. The old man said, oh yeah, the chair. Would you mind closing the door? Puzzled, the minister shut the door. He said, I have never told, any, told anyone this, not even my daughter, but all my life I have really never known how to pray. And at church, I used to hear the pastor talk about prayer, but it just went right over my head. I abandoned any attempt at prayer. and uh, But until one day, I had a good friend that told me, he said, Joe, prayer is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. Here's what I suggest, he said. When you pray, sit down in a chair and place an empty chair in front of you and in faith see Jesus sitting in that chair. It's not spooky, he said, because Jesus promised, I will always be with you. So when you speak to him, speak like you would to a friend. Have that conversation with him, just like you're doing with me right now, the friend told him. So the old man said, I tried it, and I liked it so much that I do it a couple of hours a day. I'm careful, though, if my daughter saw me talking to an empty chair, that she would either have me committed or have a nervous breakdown. The, the minister was deeply moved by the story and encouraged the old man to continue on the journey in prayer. Then he did pray with him and he left the house. Well, two nights later, the daughter called the pastor to tell him that her father died that afternoon. And the pastor asked, did he die in peace? Yes, the daughter said, when I left the house to run a couple of errands before I left, 
He called me over to his bedside and he told me that he loved me and kissed me on the cheek. He said, when I, she said, when I got back an hour later, he had already passed. But she said there was something very unusual about his death. And the pastor said, what was that? She said, apparently just before dad died, he leaned over and rested his head on the chair beside his bed. What do you make of that? The pastor wiped a tear from his eye and said, you know, I wish we all could go that way. Now, it brings me to my second perspective that you got to have about prayer is that God wants to be close to you. Each of us probably have a lifelong friend that we're really, really close to. Well, God wants to be that way to you, a friend that you can really, really be close to. Now, we should always respect him and reverence him. He is God Almighty, but he desires for you to be close to him, uh, have that relationship with him. Jesus gives us a picture of this in Revelation 3.20. He said this, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he said this, I will come in and eat with that person, fellowship with that person, and they with me. This is our God. This is the reason why Jesus came, so that we can have that close, intimate relationship with him. I'm telling you, and the longer you live for the Lord, the sweeter the relationship gets between you and God and, and you and his son and you and his spirit. He wants to be close to you. You can talk to him like you would talk to a friend. You can talk to Jesus like you would talk to a, a brother. He doesn't want you to withdraw for him, from him, to be afraid of him. He wants you to want to spend time with him. And the third thing, I love this, third perspective. God wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to show you who he is. He knows who you are. He wants you to know more about who he is. In Jeremiah 33, 3, I've used this verse probably a couple of weeks ago. And it says, this is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, this is verse 2. The Lord who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. Verse 3, call to me. This is that God saying this. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. What a great promise for our prayers that God wants to reveal himself to you and he does it when you pray, when you spend time with him. The more time you spend with him in prayer, the more you will understand who he is and the more he reveals himself to you. I love when God just shows up at different times in my life or different seasons in my life and I see something about him that I didn't know before. And the more I know him, the more I fall in love with him. Now let's get to the prayer for today. And we find it in the Old Testament. Some of you will be familiar with this prayer. It's found in Chronicles you know, Chronicles is a difficult book to read because it's a book of genealogy. And it's, it's where the begats are. So, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and he begat him, and he begat them, and they begat them. I, it just goes on and on. Uh, when I was a, a youth pastor, I took some kids to youth camp and had a few in my 
cabin that didn't want to go to sleep. So I just turned the lights on for everybody, and I made those few read the begats to everybody. Let me tell you, their genealogy was almost cut short because some kids wanted to kill them. <laughs> they, they went on to sleep. So the begats are difficult to read. So, but right in the middle of 600 names in Chronicles that God has given this genealogy, we find this powerful prayer. And it's like God said, wait a minute, I want to stop this so you can begat this in your life. To begat is to bring into existence. And, and he says, I want this to be a part of your life so you can pass it down in your genealogy. And we see that in First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. Uh, this prayer uh, goes like this. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. How would you like to have that name? His name meant pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, that I may be free from pain. And look, the scripture says, And God granted his request. So Jabez gets this label of pain on his life. And many of you have this label that has been given you that's caused you pain. And you're having a hard time living past that label. I have to tell you that God has a purpose beyond your pain. He has life on the other side of that label. We all have pain from our past, maybe pain that, that we caused ourselves uh, or that others inflicted on us. There's two things that you can do with pain. If, if you want to write these down, uh, first thing that you can do with pain is you can let it prevent you from fulfilling your purpose. You can, uh, because of that pain, because you cannot see past that, you can't get beyond that, you can let it keep you from doing what God has called you to do, the life that he has for you, you can, you can chalk it up as it's not for me because of you can't see past that. The second thing you could do with pain is you can let it propel you towards your purpose. You can let it propel you. You can have a determination that I'm going to get beyond this. I'm going to allow God to heal me, and I'm going to move into my God-given purpose that God has for me. So Jabez, or pain, cried out and prayed a, a prayer of purpose, and God granted his request. So we want to pray that prayer, and we want to learn the parts of that prayer so we can see those things come alive in our lives that we can fulfill God's purpose for us. And if God did it for Jabez, hear me, he'll do it for you. So the four parts of that prayer of pain, the first one, the scripture says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me. So, number one, the first part, pray for blessings. Pray for God to bless your life. The Hebrew word for bless is barak, B-A-R-A-K, which it has a meaning of kneeling down or stooping down to give a gift to someone. 
And that is what God wants to do. He wants to stoop down from heaven and give it you heavenly gifts to bless your life. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So that tells me if God blessed Jabez, he'll bless my life. If God will do miracles for people that I see in the Bible or other people that I hear about miracles, God will do the same for me. He hasn't changed. He wants to bless me, and he wants to bless your life. Now, he doesn't want to just bless you so you can be blessed. He wants to bless your life so that you can bless other people. You know, I have been blessed in my life, and that is great, and, and I love that. But I, I love having so I can bless others. There's a greater feeling that went to give, more blessed, the scripture says, to give than to receive. Uh, Genesis 12, 2, I love this. This is in the Amplified. This verse says, and God says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you abundantly and make your name great, exalted or distinguished, and you shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. Yes, yeah, so God does want to bless your life, but he also wants to bless others through your life. I, uh, this was just a small blessing. I think the, the blessing was beyond the monetary amount. I, a few uh, weeks ago, we were at the outlet mall before the pandemic hit, and it was so unusual. Uh, it, uh, as we were walking shopping, I saw a, a guy, he was a janitor, taking the trash out of one of the cans, and it was, I wasn't thinking about him or anything. I just happened to see him, and I had this thought, which I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I heard uh, in my spirit, give him $5. Well, $5 is not much money, but the only problem with that is I don't carry cash. <laughs> Hardly ever have any cash on me. So it was like, okay, God, I'll, if, you, if you want me to give it, um, uh, you know, I will, but... I don't have cash. I'm having this thought. So as we're walking past him, I just took out my wallet and just to look, to the, just to make sure. And I want you to know I have five $1 bills in my wallet. That's all I had. I didn't even know I had that. So I said, okay, God, I, this is you. And again, it was, it was the message behind the blessing. So I walked up to him and uh, I said, look, excuse me, man. Um, I said something like this. I don't know if you believe God or anything, but let me just tell you what he just told me to do. And I told him the whole thing. I normally don't even have cash on me, and I know $5 ain't much, but I just think God wanted me to give this to you just to let you know you own his mind and he loves you. And you, I don't know if you believe in God. Oh, yeah, man, I do. I, and I, I really believe with all of my heart that the blessing for him that day was way f a whole lot more than that $5. It was knowing that God put him on somebody else's mind that he wanted to use somebody else to tell him that God was thinking about him. And folks, that's the same for you. And it's so much fun to be a part of, of blessings like that. Um, and God wants to do that for you. He wants to use you to bless others. So don't just pray for your needs to be met. Ask God to give you more than you need so you can meet somebody else's need. And I believe that was the purpose behind Jabez's prayer. I believe that's the reason why God granted it. From that pain, he cried out. He knew how it was to be in pain, so he didn't want others 
to have to experience that same pain or he wanted to help others in their pain. And that is, that is, should be the life for all of us that have given our life to the Lord, that God would use us in some way to be able to help others as he's helped us. So, oh, that you would bless me. And then he said, and enlarge my territory. Number two, the second part, rather, pray for influence. This brings that reason for the blessing into a little bit more clarity. Listen, God has a bigger life than you. Uh, let, let me say it like this. I said that wrong. God has a bigger life for you to live than just you, than just for you. I'll get it out in just a moment. <laughs> it's bigger than I can even say. Your life is not just about you. God has uh, incredible things for your life. Uh, he wants to uh, give you dreams that are beyond your ability. He, he wants to give you dreams that scare you a little bit because he wants you to depend on him to do it. But he wants to use you in such a great way. Hear me. Your purpose is people. Your purpose is people. Your God-given purpose is to influence people. And so he wants to enlarge your territory, your influence, so you can do that. Uh, Satan wants to get us into a maintenance mindset. He wants us to be stuck on us. He wants us to think about, he wants us to say prayers like this. Well, I, I need this, God, and I need that, God, and, and um, God, I, I need you to do, um, if I had this, then God, I could do that. And, and he wants you to be stuck on you, the I, 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 I in your prayer. And, and the real problem is with your eyes. <laughs> your eyes can only see what you need and what you want. You're so focused in trying to maintain your life that you are not experiencing the power of a godly purpose. So your prayer is no bigger than you. Mm, now, I hope you accept that. That was under the anointing. <laughs> your prayer is no bigger than you. Ah, ah. And God wants you to pray beyond your life and start seeing your purpose in reaching and influencing multitudes. I heard a story about a, a church that was, uh, I think it was in Columbia, and reaching thousands upon thousands of people in, in attendance at this church. And when somebody would give their life to Christ, they would take them into a room and they would take their picture with a Polaroid, this has been years ago, but they would be able to take their picture with a Polaroid so they would have instantly the, the picture. And they would uh, give them a Bible, but before they gave them the Bible, inside the cover of the Bible was a picture of a person standing before a multitude of people proclaiming the gospel. And they had a hole cut in that picture of that person proclaiming the gospel. And they would take that Polaroid picture of that person that just got saved and put it up under that picture where the face would come through. And they wanted to see their God-given purpose, that God has called you to impact multitudes. And folks, that's every one of us. He wants you to reach people, if we can just understand that. We will pray like Jabez, Lord, enlarge my territory, enlarge my influence. So he goes on to say, well, let me say this, let's don't be maintenance-minded, 
Let's be mission-minded. And that's what God wants for us. Move church, get ready. Oh, wow. I, I, uh, let me just tell you about enlarging our territory. I'm, I, I'm praying that God would just bless us with the land all around us. And I can see across the street a parking lot. I can see a daycare up the street. I can see a, a ministry college right down the road. I mean, let's pray big prayers for God. Enlarge our territory so we can reach more people for him. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory, then let your hand be on me. So the third part is pray for God's presence. Pray for his presence in your life. Again, what God has for you is bigger than you. You will not be able to fulfill it within yourself. One of my favorite texts and really my mantra for ministry is found in Exodus 33. And this is a dialogue, a prayer between Moses and God. And listen to what Moses said to, to God. And this is what I've told God myself. He said, uh, Moses 33, 15 and 7 through 17. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And that is my prayer to God. God, I want to do all of these great things for you and I can see them. I believe you've given me the ability to be able to see beyond myself, to be able to see beyond where we are even as a church. But God... I cannot do it without you. Church, let me remind you, we are a church that moves for God's presence. I'm really believing that we're going to experience a revival that we have never seen the likes of before. That, um, you know, we're turned out of the building, but want to be also awesome to reach so many people that we can't even build buildings fast enough and that we have to meet in homes. And I believe Jesus is coming soon, so I believe he wants to do this great work. But we need his presence. You may say, well, Pastor, I don't have scriptures memorized. And, um, and that's great to do that, and you should. But hear me. You need his presence in your life. If you have his presence and you speak from a heart to glorify him with his anointing on your life, you can affect people today. You don't have to wait. Now, you should grow spiritually. You should grow in scriptures. But don't you wait. You ask God to use you and to anoint you, and he will. His presence will fill your life. And you can say, brother, I don't know what to tell you. And your problem other than Jesus wept. And God can anoint that, and you can lead the whole, him, the family, everybody to Jesus. You need, we need his presence to show up. You can be highly educated without his presence, and that's religion, and that is dead, and doesn't affect anybody. Oh, but if we have the touch of God on our lives, he makes the difference. He goes beyond our abilities, and we see the results that we can never accomplish within ourselves. We gotta have his touch, and we gotta have his presence. You may say, well, I don't have much money. Do you have his presence? Peter told the 
the crippled man, silver or gold, I don't have today, but man, but what I have, I give to you freely. Arise, be healed. We need his presence. His presence makes the difference in our life. So God, would you fill us with your presence? We're going to pray some more of that in just a moment, but I feel his presence moving right now. The fourth part is pray for protection. Pray for protection. The greater the blessing, the greater the influence, the greater God's presence on your life, the greater the enemy desires to trip you up and to destroy your life. Now, the good news is that he can't get anything from you that you don't give to him. But he is persuasive, and he would do his best to talk you out of the good things of God. He can make his trash seem like a treasure, and you don't realize that it's just trash until you've taken it. Hear me. You ask God to protect you from the attacks of the enemy. Children's workers, you that are work work with children and youth, I praise God for you. And I know from experience, the greater the impact you have on a young person's life for Jesus, the greater the attack on you. It's okay. You don't fear him. Because the scripture says, First uh, John 4, 4, uh, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You keep doing what God has called you to do, but you pray for protection. You get together, husband and wife, and, and you ask God to cover you, to cover your family, to protect you from the attacks of the enemy, the schemes of the enemy, and God will do that for you. You'll be wise beyond your, your natural eyes. You'll see the attack from afar, and you'll be able to go to prayer, and God's going to take care of you. Now, um, I, I want us to pray in closing these four parts of the prayer of Jabez, this prayer that was, came from pain, but it was a prayer for purpose. And I want us to pray that. And I'm, I'm going to ask if you're watching now in your living room or wherever you are, if your family's with you, I'm going to ask you to come together and, um, and join hands together. And I want you to make this a prayer from your family. Prayer, if you're by yourself, look, God is with you. Raise your hand up. But if you're with your kids, if you're with your spouse, if you're with a friend, come together, okay? And I want us to pray this together. Uh, the first part we're going to pray for is pray for God's blessing. And I want you to just go ahead and don't wait for me. I'll close us out uh, with this part with the prayer. But again, pray now, though, for God to bless your life. So much so that you're able to bless others. Go ahead and pray if you would. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, I thank you for blessings. Bless our lives, God. Bless us more than enough. Bless us, Lord God. Thank you, God. God, yes, would you bless Bless us, Lord God. Bless our lives. Bless marriages, God. Bless families. God, I pray you bless finances right now. God, I pray it would be more than enough. Lord God, I pray, Lord, that we're able to be an example with our marriages. We're able to be an example with our families. So much so that we can impact others, God. Lord, bless us. Take care of needs, God. You see what the needs are. You know who needs to be healed? What needs to happen there? Do that. I know it's your desire. Would you do that today, Lord God? Bless 
your people, Lord, bless us. We want to be a blessing, God. We want to be able to not always be the one with needs, but to be the one that can meet needs. And that brings us to part two, pray for influence. Ask God to give you influence over your family and your friends. Ask him to, uh, to that spiritual influence that God would give to you where they would turn to you and ask of you and, and you'll be able to uh, tell them about Jesus and be able to grow them in the faith. Would you do that? God, would you uh, use us? Pray it with your family right now. Pray it right where you are. God, let me have a desire to, to reach people. God, give me greater influence. Be it through a job, be it through family. God, be it through a hobby. Give us that influence, God. Give us greater influence. I know you want to because you want to see them saved. Now, part three, church, and I'm really excited, as you can already see about this one. Let's pray for God's presence. You pray that God would fill you up in your house. Pray that he would fill you up with his spirit. Pray that he would fill your kids, your your spouse. Let's pray it. God, would you do that? Would you, would you lay your hand so heavy on us, God? Would you mess up our comfortable life so we can be used of you, God? It's your presence that makes the difference. We're desperate for you. Fill us full to overflowing. Baptize us in your presence, God. Would you do that? Anoint us Anoint the work of our hands, Lord God. Anoint our minds for ideas. <laughs> yes, God. Lord, you have great things for us, and we can't do it without you. Not within ourselves. Anoint us. Lord God, let your presence go with us, and we'll do it. We'll give you the honor for it. And the last thing is the prayer for protection, okay? And you go ahead and begin praying. Covering over your family, covering over your life. A covering over those that you love. Lord God, would you do that? Keep us from the schemes of the enemy. Lord, let us be aware. Father God, for that, those lost loved ones, Lord, those lost children, I pray you would awaken their spirits that Satan's hands would get off of them. And God, that they would be aware of your touch. They would be aware of your love. They would be aware of your gift of salvation. God, cover us, cover our homes, cover our marriages, cover our children. Thank you for your protection in our lives, your spiritual protection, God, that you keep us close to you. You keep us protective. And when Satan comes in like a flood, you raise a standard against him. And that standard was the cross. Let me remind you, the scripture says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Oh, God's got it for you. God does. He has it for you. He has a great purpose. This year for Move Church, COVID-19 has not changed Vision 2020. It was just a little late showing up. It, it's, already, it's already defeated because we are seeing it, seeking it, and we are saying it. Did I get that out of order? See it, seek it, and speak it. And you keep doing that, okay? You keep believing God's best for you. Now, I got to pray a prayer of salvation. If you've heard all of this and all of this was foreign to you, but you know that God spoke to you and you know you want to live for him and start your life with him so you can fulfill your purpose, we're going to pray it together, okay? And if this is you, pray it from your heart. Lord, thank you so much. Repeat that. Lord, thank you so much for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. 
Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And Lord, I want to fulfill your purpose for me. Heal them now, Lord, of any pain so they can live out your purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you, church folks. We're anticipating being able to soon get back together. We're watching the news. And um, I'm telling you, we'll do our best to be able to get us all back together. But until then, be the church and go in peace. God bless.